0: probably put that down there hopefully lucky doesn't piss on that
1: no lucky's probably through with us now Uh,
0: coffee well (laughs) good morning gentlemen (laughs) he says so loosely good morning
2: good morning Kevin
0: Brad guess what folks we are joined by a guest and uh, chef Brad Green Would you be so kind as to introduce our guest and tell us who is on shift list today?
1: It's our great friend, Rich Waldschmidt.
0: How
1: are you doing today, Rich?
2: I'm doing well, actually. I'm uh, flattered to be here. And, a, and a little puzzled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we couldn't get Matt Stevens, yeah. so we decided to bring you.
2: Okay. I'm
1: kidding, well, I'm kidding. but I do want to hear about um, the Hell of the North and your experience I, at some point. We don't have to get right into oh, that's it, fine.
2: but that's cool. I'm super diso-
1: stoked to talk to you about it.
2: All I know is, you know, I listened to your interview of our good friend uh, Tim Nipper, Yes, and I don't think this is going to be like that. Well, it's okay. Yeah.
1: It's okay. Yeah, they're all different.
2: Yeah, because yeah. he seems to be know what he's doing.
1: <laughs> well, we, you know, there was a time he didn't. You know, hmm? yeah, I, I guess remember, that's and he still has his very hard struggles. You saw he pulled from pinions in the pines.
2: Well, I didn't see that.
1: Yeah. I, um, hmm. Did you see the pictures he posted? I didn't see the pictures. Oh no. my God, dude! Some of the roads that he posted. And you could see where there was tire tracks, and you could also see where there's hoof prints. <laughs> oh, really? You know? And so you're, like, you're looking at that going, yeah, this is at, like, mile 200 and something, and people are riding up this. Huh. I mean, it's insane. Insane. I didn't realize the terrain was that, like, just rugged, If, if I guess is the word. But, hey, yeah, he did, like, 186 miles the first day, like, show off yeah i want to say like 17 hours of rolling (laughs) yeah
0: that beats your 182 and a half and a half
1: yeah don't forget the half
0: but it was like
1: 14,000 feet of climbing oh and i think it's it's all like gravel roads and you know uh like unrepaired roads i mean it's it's pretty pretty sick all in arizona like prescott area i believe oh Uh, i had not heard of that race until Nipper brought it up
0: right right i i've I've heard of that one before and hey if folks are hearing birds in the background we're doing things a little bit differently today per chef brad's request we are actually live and in person at chateau de green and rich waltzman was kind enough to join us in person It's a yeah it was a little bit of a Fluster Clucks, getting all the pieces put together, but hey.
1: Highly amusing. <laughs> Highly amusing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
1: I enjoyed every second of it. We're
0: rolling, <clears throat> and I would not have been able to pull this off without the Br- Brad Green's engineering. Mm. Um, just real quick, Rich, yeah. I do, we do have a question from a listener for you. <clears throat>
2: what the hell made you think you could complete this when we're talking about the hell of the north texas well you know that's interesting because uh, in hindsight i don't think i had any reason to believe yeah. that i was able to complete it
1: what was your biggest course previous to that what was your biggest my
2: longest ride uh was 159 miles and that was years ago uh-huh. i did a road ride from uh oh that was a road ride my garage in mckinney To Ladonia and back. I called it the uh, Sea Store Archipelago Hmm. because I stopped at every convenience store between here and Ladonia. Yeah, twice. Yeah, coming back. I did a similar, similar ride. So, uh, so I don't know why I thought I could do it, but I did know I did want to do it. Yeah, because I live in McKinney uh-huh you know um that pavilion at Irwin park is like eight miles to my garage door so i figured if i pack a light i should be and most of it downhill if i pack a light i ought to be able to r- roll home even if i get there after dark did you roll home <laughs> uh no, no not exactly but i got there i didn't make it there
1: so. so did you catch a ride home? Uh, I'm confused,
0: w- you're being cryptic.
2: I was able to catch a ride home. Okay by, uh, from the endpoint, Mm-hmm. I rode the bike all the way to the He, he,
0: he officially completed the, I completed the event. Task. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: asking if he rode from the end of the event to his house. The,
2: no, he had, I only, was fix- only eight miles mostly downhill. Yeah, I was fixing to, but then I kind of like. <laughs> he, he saw an opportunity
1: <laughs> yeah. to no, yeah. take advantage. But After 182 and a half. And a half miles, don't forget, without
2: the half, I would yeah. have been at the bottom of the hill in Irwin and I would have been disqualified. Yeah. 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 So that would have not been good. But, you know, I wanted to do it because, like, I'm from McKinney. I want to. And so when. Kevin said hey this event ends in McKinney as soon as reg opened up. It's like well, that's what I want to do I'm yeah. gonna do the one that ends in McKinney and uh, Kevin had been kind enough to Invite me on some of his scouting trips of the route So yeah. I had a little bit of ownership yeah. of the route, you know, and it would be one thing to say Yeah, I scouted the route, but I'm not doing that you all go right. do that So I thought well I ought to go do it. Yeah, and then finally at 127 miles from Paris to McKinney, that's very rat-like. That's a very rat-like distance. Yeah. And I thought, well, oh, that's pretty natural. I've done that before. So so that uh, those are the reasons that I decided to do it, regardless of any credible claim to being able to do it. So.
0: And to be completely transparent, uh, when Rich joined me on those scouting trips, he had he had a little uh kernels of nugget nuggets of knowledge in there that uh we we made a few tweaks to the route along the way based on his feedback and i regretted those that night
2: (laughs) actually i wish i had never told him about this road
0: (laughs) dang it (laughs) all right so for those who may not know rich i think everybody knows rich though don't they
1: and if they don't it's their fault they're,
2: they're
0: but things can change. That's true.
2: Um, well, if they don't, it's because they've never come to a spinistry event. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's kind of hard
2: to go to one and not see me.
0: Yeah, not trying to throw you under the bus, yeah. Rich, but, but I mean, what? Yeah, you know, I mean, quite frankly, you—you you probably, when people think of somebody going out and doing 182 and a half miles in a day, mostly gravel roads, they probably think of some young strapping buck. How old are you these days?
2: Uh, I just turned 69 this month. Actually, at the 69? beginning of the month. Nice, yeah.
1: Dude, when I grow up, I want to be like you.
2: Uh, well, hey, I do recommend that you achieve this age. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's a luxury I, not afforded to all. I, you it, know,
2: it's correct. But it's not something I would really, you know, like relish. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, but you're still waste I
1: mean, any time. But you're still getting around 182 and a half miles at 68, 69, 69. years old. Yeah, is freaking awesome yeah like i was happy i rode the east side of north shore last night with the with a bum knee
2: and north i'm shore only open
0: and i'm only i don't <laughs> know if it's open currently it was open when i rode it for I the see. record i think so uh touching on that uh how did the bum knee do last night you know i felt good um it was really sticky at the beginning
1: you know rolling around the parking lot and i was like man i don't know if this is a good idea caleb met me and agreed to just ride my pace um, so I was riding with Caleb, Donahue, and um, Silent Bob, and we rode the east side. I mean, I, I felt like we weren't doing, you know, I felt like I was holding them back, but we ended up averaging like 11.2. I think it was my average was 11.2 miles an hour, which is not horrible. So I was just trying to be flowy and just not not hammer at all and
0: how and how's the knee feeling this morning
1: it doesn't feel any worse but it doesn't feel any better you know
0: was that the first riding you've done since we talked last week
1: other than just um i've taken some spins on the road and on this back road just trying out my flat pedals this was on clipless pedals last sure. night sure sure i didn't want to jump out and do uh, flat pedals there. Have you tried your flat pedals yet?
2: Yes, I have. The uh, catalyst flat mm-hmm. pedals is what you're referring to. That's right. I'm about 75 miles into my evaluation of them.
1: Do you have a determination for where you're going to terminate that evaluation?
2: Uh, Kevin said I can ride them uh, three weeks or 100 miles, whichever comes first oh. uh, to evaluate. That sounds good. I do stingy. have a, you know, I can, if you're interested, I'll give you a mid course update on those pedals
1: i am interested to hear what the evolution and how you're
2: um... well first off i'm not a flat pedal person i, I rode think... flat pedals uh you know some uh some uh, chesters down in big bend because uh-huh. i got tired of hitting the scree berms yeah th- on those big bend roads and not yeah. unclipping and falling over so yeah. i thought this time i'm gonna ride uh flatless so i can jump off that sounds fair so that was my experience and they uh they did serve that purpose i was able to jump off when required but anyway getting back to the catalyst yeah uh so i'm not an expert at um platform in fact i'm not an expert at cycling the the more i (laughs) the more i ride the more the less confident i am that i actually know how to ride a bicycle
1: yeah you're very much in the dave category
2: right now i'm just kind of right now i'm questioning do i even really know how is my pedal stroke is this actually the way you're supposed to pedal but
1: anyway see and I think being on a flat pedal is gonna make you reevaluate your pedal stroke all the way around well
2: okay so anyway getting to the catalyst so Mm -hmm. we're gonna I'll try and speak only to the effects that seem to be catalyst, catalyst pedal specific by mean by which I mean a long pedal where you put the center of your foot midfoot over your yeah. yeah, midfoot over the pedal spindle mm-hmm. vice putting your the ball of your foot over right. like we always ride with right. our toe clipless pedals, mm-hmm. etc. So stop, um it took me a little while to get used to it, but I'm now I feel like it's kinda natural. Yeah. I can just jump on it and go right around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Not hundred percent convinced I have the saddle height dialed in right. That's what I was going to ask. Still seems a little bit low, but here's the deal. you said? uh, Because I lowered the saddle. You did lower it. I did lower it, and I might have lowered it too much, but here's the deal. So I watched the video. It's your friend James. Mm -hmm. Is that his name, James? Mm -hmm. So I watched his video, and he says, you know, you're going to recruit a different muscle group while pedaling on this midfoot position, Mm -hmm. and I can translate that for you, it mm-hmm. means you're going to be sore in ways you've <laughs> never been sore. Yeah. After riding a bicycle,
1: because you're still trying to tr- tr- trying to ride at the same level as you did with clipless pedals,
0: but you're engaging different muscles. I'm
2: just engaging. I'm trying to ride my bicycle. Well, they're, yeah, to...
0: they're basically under-trained muscles at that yeah, point. Yeah, they,
2: they haven't been done anything. Yeah, so, you're identifying. So that muscles. was one observation he had. The other observation uh, he had, which I think is spot on. Mm-hmm which is shoes matter yeah you know I am not familiar with these 510 shoes Uh that he referred to Uh but I tried just going out in my uh, you know my hiking or my walking shoes Uh and they were just a little too flexible maybe yeah Uh, so I have a pair of uh, Pearl Izumi cycling shoes they have an SPD cleat in them but Uh it doesn't engage in anything but they're a little more rigid and that works a lot better what size shoe do you wear uh, ten and a half, forty-five, forty-four and a half, forty-five.
1: I've got some. I've got some brand new pearls that are forty fours that are
2: flats. Forty-four is too small. Well, maybe they, maybe these run big. Yeah, maybe
1: possibly. Maybe, but they're still in the box. I'll, I'll let you check them before yeah. you leave.
2: So anyway, the shoes were also a smart bit, and then the third thing he said was, uh, try standing up more. hmm And. That is important. Well, then you said one more thing, and I'll get to that. Uh, standing up more. and I, That is important. And I guess that's... Well, first off, I do stand up when I ride. Yeah, Maybe when I'm climbing, but also sometimes just to build up a little bit more speed from my uh, complacent pace. Yeah, or, just or, to, or just to stretch your legs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But in this instance, I think it's kind of important because then you're putting your weight on the pedals, on the pins. Because I think true of all... Platform pedals. Your feet move around. You know you place it. That's a shoe the, issue. You, That's a shoe issue. Eh, maybe. Because uh, if you
1: if you run five tens, you have to make a concerted effort to rearrange to change yeah, your foot Yeah,
2: maybe. But here's <clears> the deal. So on gravel. So you're coming on like there's a tiny. There's just a modest uh, gravel descent over mm-hmm. by Rennie Bates's place mm-hmm. um, by Irwin, and it's washboardy. Yeah. And if you if I'm sitting down, coming down it's that. It's not
1: a McKinney it's, accent. It's, it's, it's
2: bouncing around and your feet are, and your feet are moving everywhere. Right. So you really kind of have to do that descent in the ready position, you know, with your weight yeah. on the pedals. Sure. So that your feet aren't moving around. So that is good advice. Stand up more so that you keep the feet engaged. And I'm sure a better shoe would help yeah. that as well. Yeah. Now, the one advice he did give that I have not been able to uh, achieve is he says, and lower your heel you know pedal with yeah, you- your heel lower now i have heard this advice before mm-hmm. in my toe clipless pedals it say you know right in the drops lower your heel and i've been doing that on you know my fargo etc and you do it can provide some power mm-hmm. but when your foot when half of your foot is you know when you're mid foot over the axle it's really hard for me yeah. to drop the heel in any appreciable way. Yeah. To do that, but other than that, I think uh, they're coming along.
0: Did you slide your saddle forward? Any? That's what I was wondering.
2: I did think. not. No, I didn't do that. Maybe, maybe just a. Just yeah, that yeah, might.
1: If you think that about might work, if, that, might work. If normally, the ball of your foot is over the spindle. Now your midfoot's yeah. over your spindle. I get when you drop your saddle, it's going to effectively move forward slightly, uh, but uh, not enough to offset that. Only a little bit. That angle isn't. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's a so, bad idea. I might try that. Yeah. I will tell you something that uh, I find to be an unanticipated consequence, and uh, I, it kind of bugs me. It bugs me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, midfoot over the pedal axle, there's a lot more wheel toe overlap. Yeah, and and that usually happens at the worst time
1: yeah it never happens when it's convenient
2: oh my god no you're trying you know you're uh, you're in the ready position and you're trying to make a tight turn and all of a sudden the wheel's hitting your foot and we're not going to make that turn and where are we going
1: yeah so at least you can put your foot down quick
2: (laughs) yeah if the weight is blowing the direction that that foot needs to come off i mean it's not you know what
0: that really means rich
2: what means you're going too slow yeah yeah okay yeah i accept that yeah, that's probably what I should do. I should. I, I, I should I, probably rail more corners. I I yeah.
0: bring I bring that up because I used to have a, a toe overlap issue with that salsa via I yeah. had. Yeah. And evidently that that's that, it's a classic via issue, but mm-hmm. yeah, it only applies when you're almost at a dead stop and making a hard turn, sort of thing. Uh. So I mean, obviously it's gonna what, it's rake right. Yeah. Trail. Trail. That's. Yeah it's going to be based on the trail of of the bike you're on itself and i bet red's pretty steep
2: uh probably although i i just got on my other bikes without the pedals but placed my foot that way just to check just check it it out and there's still a little bit of overlap there so it'll be interesting to hear some mountain bikers who try those pedals and say can i still negotiate my tree gate
1: yeah, that's my the next The way I step. want to. Yeah, that's my next step is to put this. them on my single speed Yeah, and give them a go. Um, I don't anticipate being near as fast, um, especially at the onset, but I want to.
2: Oh, I, you know, that's interesting. I have not. You can still get at it. Yeah. Even with these mid foot position yeah. on these platform pedals you can especially you know, <laughs>
1: once you get it dialed in i imagine
2: you get used to it it yeah. took me a little while to even get used to the fact that yeah you know we're, we're riding like this as i
1: was riding last night i was turning over in my head like actually trying to think about my foot position and trying to not i don't this may not make any sense but i was trying not to change anything i was doing but just trying to kind of observe what I was doing if that makes sense, just trying to keep everything natural and, and trying to take notice if I was actually pulling up on the pedal like we all think we do was how much was I sweeping through the bottom end of my pedal stroke? how much was I keeping my pressure even you know I was trying to t- kind of monitor all of that and I, and kind of put that on like how would it feel if I was on a flat pedal right now? And I didn't, you know, like I said, I was riding very moderate, just trying to keep the pace nice and smooth and even. And I felt like in that moment, like flat pedals would have been perfectly okay for, for the east side, that is. Um, but I, it was interesting. And then we finished, and you know our general circle that we hang out, there was uh, two people that were off to the side, a, a couple and uh they both had their bikes laying there and they had flat pedals and so i started talking to them was like how long you guys been on flat pedals they were like forever ever they
0: never even tried clips. right
1: and they were on you know um mid mid to higher end uh full suspension rigs oh i mean Um, that
0: that's basically the new standard for mountain biking is you 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 go flats not clip i would say i would say there's probably particularly people that are newer to mountain biking And it's probably 70% plus flats yeah.
1: these days. And the Enduro scene too, right?
0: Uh, I mean, that's I'm, I think that's where it evolved over from. The XC scene will be back. I'll just leave it at that. Whether that includes clipless or flats, it doesn't matter. Whatever yeah. people want to roll.
1: I think we should bring back XC and have a... a, a just further subdivide the categories and have a clipless category and a flat pedal <laughs> category. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and bifurcate everything.
0: So <clears throat> along along those lines, Rich, going back to hell of the North Ooh, Texas, yeah. were there any uh, instances or spots uh, along that route that you, you would have wished to have had those flat pedals at that point?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, there were. So, um, you know, on the prologue, that 54-mile prologue, Before we started the rat-like distance, Mm -hmm. that's why you got to read every word. (laughs) So the 127 rat-like segment was preceded by this 54-mile prologue, which was great. That was such a great ride. When I got done with that, I felt pretty good about that ride. All I wanted to do was hang out with Foster and cheer on the... uh, cheer on the uh, stragglers that finished after me. And Dave says, uh, Rich, you don't need to dawdle. You need to get going. Yeah. But you know, there was that very large uh, uh, mud puddle that I just wand- walked through. And uh, that didn't really gum up my shoes that badly. So I was yeah. able to click in after that.
0: That one at like mile 19 or whatever? Yeah, Is that what you're referring like to? What that? kind of pedals do you ride? Clipless pedals? Do you ride Shimano? or? Yeah,
2: Shimano. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But on the uh, point-to-point route, as soon as we leave Paris, and we get to the end of Old Bonham Road, mm-hmm. there was that hellish uh, mud section, mm-hmm. and uh, that was, clipless pedals, or platform pedals would have been handy there, because it was just hard to get the mud out of the cleat. So you, so you could, had to
1: physically clear them?
2: Yeah, I yeah. had to get off, and I had one of those uh, I brought along. A scraper. Oh, yeah, you know one of those blue park tool yeah. chain scraper things? Yeah. So I had that, thinking yeah. I'm going to have some mud, so I carried that along.
1: Smart move.
2: Uh, maybe. It kind of works, but, you know, that that curved end, that blue curved end, mm-hmm. really isn't stiff enough to get in and dig out the mud from yeah. around the cleat. What you really need is a nail or something like yeah. that. You know, for the one of a nail, a mm-hmm. shoe was lost. Yeah. For the one of the shoe, the horse was lost. But, uh Uh, So that mud was bad, but I did take the time to clear that. But then finally, and this gets back to your comment about wanting to know, am I really pulling up like I thought? There was one last mud puddle uh, before Bailey, uh, not Bailey. Dodd City, before Dodd City, and it was just a tiny little thing, but I couldn't get around it, and my shoes got all gummed up, and then as I told Kevin, for the the balance of the ride into Dodd City, I wasn't pulling up on anything, because I was just, you know, laying on top of the the pedals, so platform pedals would have been helpful there, but but that was about it, you know, the mud.
1: Did you also ride with aero bars, too?
2: I do have comfort bars, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you rode those for for Hell of the North? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Figured
2: when appropriate, yeah. Not in ruts, not in the mud. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was fun.
0: Hmm. Anything you learned on that ride that was new to you, or was it just more of the
2: same? Um, no, I don't think so. It was just a it was just a really long ride. You know, and I was pretty much, I was fairly familiar with all the roads on the route. Uh, So I wasn't too worried about it being not rideable. You know, it's not really that hilly. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just took it in stages. It's like once we left Paris, it's like 21 miles to Roxton. Let's just go to Roxton. Yeah. And except for the aforementioned mud. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really nice ride. There was that very cool grassy section where we're just going through its overgrown double track. and We're going through some guy's field through the high grass. It was very, very cool. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then once you get to Roxton, then it's like, okay, next stop, Dodd City. Um, and that was, a, that was a major deadline because I wanted to get there in time for, before they had decamped. Because that was my resupply. I needed to have you know water there, and um, then Dodd City to Gober, you know, twenty miles. Well, not twenty miles. Twenty miles to Bailey, probably half of that to Gober. So it just made it kind of piecewise linear. And then once once in Gober, you know, those were familiar roads all the way home. Yeah. So that was cool. So,
1: so what is a guy like you for 182 and a half miles yeah. and 16 hours of rolling time? Yeah. What, do, what what do you fuel with? Do you keep calories in the bottle? Are you eating real no, food?
2: No, I don't keep calories in the bottle because I find if the stuff in the bottle tastes too good, I go uh-huh. through it too fast, and then That's I'm out. Fair. So I just do plain water. Okay. And as Kevin knows, I'm kind of notorious for not, Eating Drinking enough. enough and eating enough. Yeah. But this time, I made it a point. So every 20 minutes, every 20 minutes, mm-hmm. I was taking a sip of water, mm-hmm. taking some water. Yeah. Every hour, I was taking, I was eating something. Yeah. Whether it was a Laura Bar or a rice cake yeah. or some energy chews or something, I was pretty faithful at that. And yeah. I think that helped a lot. So that's one lesson I learned. That, but that then fell apart once it got dark. Because yeah. once it got dark, the mission I, I, changes a little bit. Well, the mission changes. The situational awareness of the time changes. Mm-hmm. The ability to go grab a bar out of your back pocket and unwrap it. Yeah. Uh, you know, while you're riding, changes. Mm-hmm. So after Trenton, uh, it probably. I don't think I. I don't think I ate anything else after Trenton. Yeah. Um, well, what was that? Forty miles to go from. Yeah, there? something like forty. Something like forty. And so then you're that was bars Pixar. and chews. Yeah, Mostly. bars, chews, any
1: real food? No, no gas station sandwich or no, no,
2: no. I had a bag of uh, Lay's potato chips. Yeah, courtesy of Spinistry. Yeah, that was very nice. I'm just
1: curious what, what somebody you know I, I, fueling like uh, like a lot of stuff we talk about on this podcast is is very personal. You know, you have to find out what works for you and and well, you know what. Yeah,
2: you know. Well, first off, what I don't know about sports nutrition <laughs> would be fill a book and in fact it does that's, i'm sure it does yeah, multiple <laughs> books. but i
1: mean that's a that's a learning curve everybody goes through and some people figure it out really quick and and you know some people are constantly chasing the perfect scenario yeah you know i mean i, I used to try to do long events fueled off of nothing but cycling food like yeah. goos and gels and stuff and my stomach would lock up at like hour four you well, know? So-
2: so one not funny story, but one side story is mm-hmm. the last time we were out scouting. Kevin, recall we were listening to the Bikes or Death podcast, mm-hmm. and Patrick was interviewing Eric House mm-hmm. about his East Texas showdown, showdown.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, experience.
1: Eric House out of uh, uh, Race Ready Repair, I think. Yeah, he's from yep. Conroe. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, well,
2: that's a good point because he started. He mentioned riding with our mutual friend Shannon, mm-hmm. so he immediately had some Love creds. We had some oh, creds, like so I'm listening to him. Great and he just made it sound easy. <laughs> the greatest. He yeah. made it sound super easy. He yeah. says, well, you know, the key is you just have to have plenty of snacks. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy a ton of snacks. And I carried them to uh, Paris. And so my bike was filled with snacks that I never even got around to.
1: Yeah. But, Are you uh, sweets or salty, or both?
2: Uh, mostly sweet, probably. Yeah. 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 I will also point out, it was a little bit of a bike packing event for me. Yeah. Because uh, you know credit card bike packing because yeah. I rode my bicycle from McKinney to Paris on Thursday.
1: Oh, I did not realize
2: that. And then the forecast was it was going to be clear on Thursday, raining on Friday, and then off and on, whatever we were going to see on Saturday.
1: You rode rode Thursday. What was the mileage from McKinney to Paris?
2: Uh, The route I chose, it was 107 miles, door to door.
1: So a nice little warm-up, stretch the legs, how's your brother, you know, what's going on? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, well, that was the first century I'd done all year, so yeah. that was that was eye-opening, actually, in terms of my ride plan, to be quite uh-huh. honest. But then on Friday, I figured, well, it's going to be raining, I'm just going to sit in the motel and watch cartoons and, let your and, legs re- stove and up. recover. Well. It wasn't rainy on Friday. So yeah. I got out for a short ride and was able to keep... About 20, keep, 25 miles? Yeah, right around that. Yeah. 25 miles exactly, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and that was pretty cool. And then I was ready to go on, uh, on Saturday. And Very cool. The weather wasn't really that bad. So not only was it my longest ride, it was my longest bike packing Very cool. journey, I guess, is one way to look Very at it. Very cool. Uh, we
1: did a, a similar, like you talk about credit card, and you talk about your previous long ride. We did a ride from South Dallas down to Lake Whitney back man, forever ago, probably 15, 15 years ago. And we rode, just stopped at every gas station and fueled up. And then mm-hmm. we ate at the subway there in Lake, and in, in, I guess the town is Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. And uh, ate at the subway, and then turned around and rode back. And... It was funny because we were like 100 miles in or something, and we pull up to a Circle K. I think it was still Circle K back then. And there's a group of motorcyclists, and they start checking out our bikes because we had disc brakes, you know, and they were like, wow, they didn't really make disc brakes on bikes, you know. And they're all riding, and they were like, where'd you ride from? We we're like South Dallas. And they start going, oh, wow. They're like, how far are you guys riding today? And we we're like 200 because that's what our initial goal was. And he was like, and those guys were like, "Oh shit!" And they were like, "How far are you guys riding?" And they go, "We've been about fifty. We're gonna go about thirty more." <laughs> you know, and they felt like big sissies almost, <laughs> but it was it was wild. We did that on mountain bikes, just eight speeds back then, because we hmm. had well. Great. Mine.
0: Now Brad's gonna get the Hell's Angels after us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we used to back in the day talk about fueling. We would set an alarm to go off every 10 minutes so you would drink, and you're basically just programming, you know, getting used to drinking every 10 minutes. And so now I do that habitually, you know, and we'd set a timer for 30 minutes to eat something. Make sure you eat something, whether you need it or not, because, you know, the same thing with with drinking as with eating is once you realize you need it, it's too late, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, It's not too late to recover, but it's too late to be ideal, you know, so... I think that's a, a good conditioning thing for anybody that's trying to do long events, but I'm always curious how people feel, you know, because like I said, it's very personal, especially when you're in something, you know, when you hit 10 hours plus, you know, you, you have to do what works for you. You can't go off of something, somebody else or anything. So...
0: Well, that touches on something I was wondering about when you had mentioned your timing and uh, you know drinking every twenty minutes and eating every hour or whatever you said your timing. Yeah, twenty in one hour. Was that just something you were watching the clock, or did you have some sort of reminder
2: set, or how did that work? No, I was just watching the clock. In the past, I have uh, set timers on my little Garminina, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's like that's just another annoyance and going to wear down the battery and yeah. So uh so no i was just watching the clock yeah because so there was a the one thing i did learn on this uh weekend event i learned that i'm a lot slower than i used to be you know i've always been a slow spinistry rider but i always considered myself a 12 and a half rider it's like if we're gonna do a hundred mile spinistry event i'll knock it out in eight uh, eight hours you yeah. know four hours per 50. but the ride to paris convinced me, oh, no, you, you you know, I was at it. I didn't stop anywhere and it's like yeah. that was an eleven mile an hour overall pace. Was so, the wind was so the I, wind against you? No, it wasn't. No. It was just just me and so I I had to recalibrate my ride plan mm-hmm. for Saturday. Right. Then it was like, okay, shit. And that's one in the afternoon. Got to be back to Paris by one. You got in your and head I, And I beat that by 20 minutes. That yeah. was good. And then it's like, I got to be to God uh, City by six. So they get there before they decamp. And uh-huh. then uh, that, makes, that puts me in Bailey at eight. And maybe I can get to uh, Trenton by nine. But I'm going through all this arithmetic in my head. And it's like, shit. It's going to be one in the morning before I get done.
1: Yeah. But, but you can't a, let stuff like that just deflate no, you. But you.
2: No, it deflate it, but it does create a sense of urgency. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when I was planning the trip and then uh, listening to these Texas Showdown guys, it's like, well, I don't know, I might have to bivy somewhere in the middle of the night in a thunderstorm. So I had uh, I had my little... Uh, so you had shelter with you. I didn't have shelter, but I did carry my little sole uh, Emergency you know, space blanket. blanket yeah. Space blanket. And I did carry a, I carried a nylon shell that I thought would be a proxy for a rain jacket, but that mm-hmm. was not. It yeah. would saturate. And I did carry a little um, vest just in case it was, if it was thunderstorms in the middle of the night, it could get kind of chilly. Yep, so fair. I carried a Especially a gab of vest that I would put underneath the rain jacket. Yeah. So I had all these visions in my head that you know. <clears throat> I might have to hunker down somewhere in the middle of the storm for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour in the middle of the night yeah. before going on. And thankfully, that did not come to pass. It was just a go through, yeah. a push through. So that was helpful.
1: What, what metrics do you look at on your Garmin, Gar- what did you call it, Garminina? Garminita. Garminita.
2: Because it's a small Garmin. So
1: well, are you wearing a chest monitor or a heart rate oh, monitor? Oh yeah, I
2: think okay, so yep. I, I have a cadence monitor, uh-huh. so I can see how slowly I'm pedaling. I okay. have a heart rate monitor, so I can huh. see how out of shape I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have a power monitor, because I'm pretty sure that I'm weak, so I don't need reinforcement on but that. Are you,
1: are you actively looking at your heart rate and your cadence while you're riding, or do you uh, just have that in the background?
2: No, 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 no. They're on the display. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what any of that means, And yeah, so, well, except for the heart rate. I do look at the heart rate. Cause where, I am, where
1: do you try to stay on a ride like that for a oh, guy I don't your care. age? I don't really care. Uh, you listen to your body more than you look at the
2: numbers? It doesn't matter. My I rarely go over 95 beats per minute get the fuck rarely out of here. rarely except say that one more time uh, you know if i go if you and i go out for a ride and we ride you know 100k this afternoon my heart rate will be up to 95 maybe something like that maybe 100 but i do suffer from periodic tachycardia and that's when I'll be riding along and all of a sudden boom I'm up about 175 beats per minute and sometimes I got to actually stop and just let that subside yeah and then when I'm doing the ride Garminita says congratulations you've got a new you know maximum heart, Max rate. heart rate <laughs> and it's yeah like, well, I didn't you, want that thank you know yeah. that's not what I <laughs> yeah, really that's wanted that's not the prize i was <laughs> looking so, for to answer your question I do uh, I do collect a lot of data mm-hmm. I don't know I mean, I look at it. We don't know
1: what to do with it. Yeah. I don't
2: know. It. I don't do anything with it because yeah. I don't know what to do with it. What I don't. What I'm I'm I don't know about. I'm still blown away. 95. What I don't know about sports training uh-huh. could fill a book.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, that you was, were, you we're talking about nutrition. nutrition. That was nutrition. nutrition. Man, you've got a, We've got two volumes already. <laughs> oh yeah, they're out there. <laughs> Shit, Rich doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's volume
0: like, two. It, it, they're, they're
2: out Walt <laughs> Yeah, they're out there. But mostly, what I'm looking at is average speed. Yeah. Because I know I've got deadlines. So yeah. I'm just trying to. Am I on track or am I on track? And then I'm looking at time of day. So before
1: we get too far away from it, what, what kind of cadence do you typically run? Are you a low cadence guy or are you a high cadence guy?
2: Oh, I do look at that. Yeah. And. Um, I'm
1: going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. About 85 to no, 95. I, can't get that high. I don't oh. get that.
2: Oh, overall? yeah no overall if i get if i finish a ride that the average cadence was 80 i felt like i did a pretty good workout yeah yeah i I do so i'm usually a little slower than that i used to strive to finish rides at a higher cadence like 80 at least yeah but now it's uh it's a little harder so you're more of a a masher
1: i'm a little older so you're more of a masher then He's a uh, he's no. spinning masher.
2: I would know. because when masher. I masher he's hybrid. No, because when I think of mashers, I uh-huh. think people that are really applying the power into a high gear. I would say I'm more of a complacent cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just you know poking along. So uh,
0: but what so what sort of average cadence do you run on? on? It's
2: 75 to 80. Okay. I try to I try to get up toward 80. Okay. But uh, you know. Things change, you know. as As you get older, things change. Yeah. So, I don't uh, I don't ride as long as I used to, but it's just as hard, and I still get as dirty. Yeah. And as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, That's true. so uh,
0: you, you you've kind of gone into the territory that I personally most curious about. Um, you had touched on it that. This, you know, the Hell of the North Texas was your longest ride ever. Yeah. But then you had also said that your ride to, to Paris from McKinney was your first century of the year. Yeah. Um, you used to do a lot of centuries I each did. year. Yeah, I did. Uh, is it too much to ask
2: why you have backed
0: off from the centuries?
2: I just don't. You know, it used to be, well, I used to be really focused on... Achieving those. I mean, I want to. I was kind of like the phase Peter's in now. It's like mm-hmm. I want to do a century every single month, and for several years I did that. I do yeah. even multiples a month, and you know, I really want to log all those miles. And I didn't mind being away from home for six hours. Yeah. You know, on the bike every single day. Yeah. And now I don't know. I think I want to walk the dog more often. Want to hang yeah. out with my wife more often. Yeah. That so makes a lot of sense. I just kind of, I've changed the focus. Could. But I still try and ride every day. I get yeah. that. But I don't So know
0: one more level from that, and I'll hand it back to Brad. Yeah. I, um, so your century rides, your long rides are fewer and further between, yeah. actually much lower this yeah. year. And then you bite off your biggest ride ever. Yeah. Was that a huge gap to get there, or did it – it was like just – go with the flow and
2: everything works as normal what he was got, that
1: like he's got so many miles in his legs i uh, mean well, it's more I, of a mental thing right
2: i i think it's just a stubbornness thing yeah because uh, i wasn't it, the ride to paris well, the biggest problem i had on the ride to paris is i crafted my own route and i tried to avoid the route we were going to do on saturday because i didn't want to you Know, pre- you I didn't want to preview it, yeah, and I knew there were some muddy sections on that ride, so oh, I was
1: perfectly legal to pre ride the course, and
2: then I wanted to avoid that mud, so I came up with my own course, which found absolute brand new mud, yeah, you know. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I was covered in mud uh, on that ride, but it wasn't that big of a struggle, other than the mud, it got kind of hot, but yeah, I'm just more of a stubborn rider, yeah, it's like. I don't go real fast, but mm-hmm. I'm re- I'm willing to just stay at it. It's like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, you know. That's what it's we were like, talking about. The you beauty gotta of get the point. To, I got to get to Paris. Yeah, the That's beauty of I'm the point-to-point point is yeah. once
1: you start there's only the finish, you know?
2: Yeah, that's kind of true. Actually, I was following. Kevin also made a route that said, hey, people that want to maybe do a stopover in Bonham, Mm -hmm. here's a way to get to Bonham. You could overnight in Bonham and then come right back, get on the route and do that. So that was actually the route I was following. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, Mm. you know, if this doesn't really work out and I'm behind, like if I get to Dodd City after they've decamped and I'm not able to get more water right? you know I might have to do that but you know I got to Dodd City by 6 and it's like oh well, shit I'd be at Paris, or in Bonham by 6.30 it's like there's still plenty of time to cycle so I just called an audible and said no I'm going to keep going the rest of the way Yeah, and then like I said it's not a tedious ride if there's no mud it's not a tedious ride from yeah. Dodd City to uh, McKinney except when it gets dark yeah. That was the other thing. Uh, you know, we talked about this once before, Kev. So I had lights. I have lights on my bike. I brought What kind of, what a, kind of light do you run, by the way? Oh, is I have it, a, you have run a, off a hub? No, 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 no. I just have a few stick lights. Yeah, okay. I have two Lysine stick lights, uh-huh. and then I got a Bontrager stick light. Yeah. And I carried a cash battery. I keep a small cash battery on the uh, top tube bag to mm-hmm. fuel my Garmin. Mm-hmm. And then I carried a, another cash battery to recharge my phone. And then my plan was, when one of the stick lights went out, I was going to take it off, attach it to the cash battery, you know, stick it in the feed bag or something like that, and recharge and it. And use the other one. Yeah, and so use the other one. Rotate. And then if I got to the third one, I'd have one that had been recharged yeah. and get going. But I didn't actually have to. Do, I did actually start charging one, but I didn't really have to use yeah. it. So.
1: So you're way more prepared than you let on earlier. Well, I, mean, I had plenty carrying, of time to
2: think about it. I had plenty of time to worry about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, but you're carrying a mud clearance tool. Yeah. You're carrying a rain jacket, a vest. You've got an emergency bivy. But this now isn't my first got, rodeo. You've got double Brad. redundancy on lights. <laughs> yeah. You've got double redundancy on battery caches. Yeah, well, yeah. I've
2: been doing this a while. Yeah, I but plenty. you
1: act like you're you feign ignorance.
2: No, I just feigned capability. (laughs) It doesn't mean I can't think about it. So, oh, but the one thing I was going to say, and Kevin Mm. and I did talk about this before, I think, Uh, the one thing I didn't do, and it's really super important, is a light on your helmet. Mm. Because as I left Trenton, and it's pitch black back there, and it's no longer chalk roads anymore, Mm -hmm. and those chalk roads, you know, light up like. Phosphorus yeah. in the night, so it's super easy to see where you're going. Yeah. That black tarmac uh, at night, yeah. it's, it just sucks you in get, the light. Well, you get t- yeah, and you get tunnel vision. Yeah, and it's like I don't even know where I'm going, so I'm staring at the garmin map mode just yeah. to t- so it tells me what's going to happen to the road up
1: ahead yeah and then you look up from that and you're blinded too because now you you well, I have
2: it fairly dim and yeah. also my garmin when it's on the cash battery uh-huh. the background light anyways yeah the, cap, the backlight light uh yeah. backlight is on all the time so that was helpful but next time i will take a light for my helmet
1: there's something, to but be that's said. something else do that's yeah. something else
2: to back yeah. up
1: well, there's something to be said for having a light that looks where you look. Oh yeah, you know, especially That's super important when it comes to repairs. You oh. know, like if you have to deal with something on your bike, yeah. It, 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 there's always this disconnect that happens to me for just a split second where I'm like trying to turn, oh. and I'm like, uh, well, I had know.
2: a I had a pencil in the yeah in the top tube bag. Just a headlamp, yeah. Yeah, just just yeah, for, for that purpose. Light, yeah. If I stop, I'll have something yeah. to do. And I had a second, a backup. Rear tail light, yeah. Because riding at night.
1: Oh, redundant tail light. I want to That's
2: super important. Yeah. You know, because we're going to go back into civilization. Yeah. Towards the end, yeah. and I want people to see me out there. Yeah. So didn't have to use that though. It it made it all the way through.
1: So why don't you, as much as you ride, and as much as you have to think about all that stuff, how come? Well, you, how come
2: I'm not better? Yeah. How, come how you why don't I have a generator faster?
1: hub? And you could just run your light off of that.
2: Um, I thought even, about that. I'd have to. My current wheel doesn't have one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that's... that's Thousands of dollars, yeah. Oh, negative. negative. I'd have to buy the hub. I'd have to have it laced onto my wheel. No. I'd have to get some wires. I, I it would be fun. We that's could, a good idea. We
1: could find a solution for you, minus the light investment, for probably 500 bucks if you look for one that's used.
2: I'm a pensioner. Brad.
1: I, I know you are. I'm I know not, you I'm, are. I'm
2: not you can get advised. a lot
0: of cash batteries for $500. I'm <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> That's
1: a good point. I'm just saying from a longevity standpoint yeah, and, no, I agree and for with that. a hassle-free. No, I agree. You know, I mean, yeah. I take my bike out of the garage and just ride to Denton at night, and I don't ever have to worry about anything.
2: Really? You know? I'd worry about riding to Denton. That's what I'd worry about.
1: No, dude, Denton's super chill. They it, the I, cycling, drove,
2: I drove here through Denton.
1: I know, but the cycling representation and recognition is very high and then you know there's cycling lanes through most and then there's also you know multiple signs cyclists can use the whole road whole lane Mm -hmm. I mean there's a you know with it being a college community there's a ton of people that ride around there you know whether it's for recreation or transportation and I'm sure
2: that sign that says cyclists may use full lane Mm -hmm. that will come up in their murder trial
1: yeah, well, I I don't I don't
2: probably wrongful death.
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't disagree that people <laughs> yeah, are still doubtful assholes. that it even
0: goes to trial. To be honest, yeah, yeah like, that's yeah, right. I was
2: being uh, hyperbolic. Yeah. I know you were,
0: but it's um
1: well, but, but uh, Den's a pretty cycling friendly community, oh, yeah. um, and, and
0: definitely comparatively uh, to the rest of the Metro. Yeah, mass. and
1: Argyle is as well. That's one of the reasons I moved here. Um, when we were. We lived in the colony pre- previous, and I had a buddy, uh, Spears, that went to UNT and was a big cyclist. And I would come up here and ride roads and back roads and gravel and everything with him. And when my kids were born, I told my wife, I said, I want to move to the country, which this was kind of the country back then. It was back then. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I want two or three acres. And I was like, I, I want to be an Argyle. And it was only like maybe 1,800 people. You remember that there.
0: ride way back when that you, me, and Spears did mm-hmm. to his you apartment? in
1: Sanger? What's that? And you bailed in Sanger? Uh, did I bail? At the gas station there in Sanger? I <laughs> thought so. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Possibly. Uh, maybe.
0: Maybe. I thought I thought I made it in, but I, I thought we went back we to Vicks. We rode in the rain. We, talk- wrote, we rode in the rain
1: some. Uh, under, uh, uh, hilltop road when we went through that canopy that was one of the things that solidified it for me well
0: that's what i was about to did did that did that ride itself have something to do with it absolutely
1: i was enamored with with how abundant the cycling was just in this area and so when my wife and i were talking about moving because the colony was really landlocked i guess is the the right term you couldn't ride could barely get anywhere going north could ride west a little bit but it was still you had to contend with so much nonsense and then to ride east you know you had to go through parker and all that stuff i mean it there's just it just wasn't fun to ride from there there weren't you know and uh, arbor hills was the only trail yeah. and i used to ride from my house to arbor hills and that was a beat down in itself but anyways i told her i said this is where i want to live but and it was for cycling you know and i can ride now i can ride from here to Knob hills Ride right from here to North Shore right from here to Isle de Bois right
0: from here to Greenbelt you know
1: it's it's just nice so
0: well enough about Brad yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to Rich Rich is our guest
2: <laughs> what else do you want to know hmm
1: I, I'm still my mind's still blown about the 95 beats per minute I don't know if I'm in the in the low here where do you what's typi- your
2: heart rate right where now where do you typically hang out do yeah, my heart
1: rate you? let me see 69 i don't
2: don't have a monitor but it's probably 45. although it might be a little elevated because i'm nervous about talking
1: 67 on camera so you know what's crazy is like okay i'm 47 now when i was late 30s maybe um my resting heart rate would be you know we could be sitting here talking and it would be like 35 40. Um, but now it's much higher, and hmm. I don't know if it's just because I'm older or what. Um, but I do understand that your max heart rate is generally calculated off of your age, yeah. And you know the general rule is two twenty minus your age yeah. for which,
0: max heart rate, which is absolute garbage. But yeah. it's, I mean, it's, but it's it's
1: a good starting point. You it's know, a,
0: it's it's very. But rough I, guess. I'm
1: still. Like ninety-five to average over, uh, you know, even just a century. That seems, a, it seems like your your machine is much more efficient. You know.
2: Well, that's one way to look at it. Well, I mean, because or I could just not try that hard. I think, I, I think bet, that's an explanation. I, I, it, I, I can't takes,
0: even I can't even turn cranks and be under a hundred, beats really? yeah, per minute. Yeah, but oh. there's
1: a certain you know you say I, I I just don't try that hard, but there's a certain skill in being able to put out Regulate that, that yourself. little bit of an energy, if you will, yeah. if, you, if that's what you're saying, and still travel at the rate that you're traveling and over the distance that you're traveling. That's that's what we would, I mean, think about your mm-hmm. miles do. per gallon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? But
2: don't forget, I did say that I was, I was an 11 mile an hour rider on that, on that day.
1: That doesn't even enter into discussion. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm yeah, saying, maybe. like, even if you were... Uh, a novice cyclist and you were averaging seven miles an hour yeah you're you're still gonna your heart rate's gonna be way higher yep. and you know your your time on course is gonna be longer so yeah. over the course you're gonna spend way more heartbeats in that time
2: well what i don't know about cardiovascular fitness <laughs> here
1: comes volume three <laughs>
2: good, good <fellow> book.
1: <laughs> well look like, i mean if you take a guy like well shannon for instance you know um, his heart rate, it, it typically, if I'm correct, is is around like 145 average oh. for a ride like that. Like on Rat, I think he averaged like you know in the 130s. But yeah. that's a that's a much longer, you know, measurement, and you you tend to have lower periods. Yeah. But I mean, I think you know it,
0: well.
1: and I I wonder if the age is a big factor here because I don't get to talk to. You know, a lot of cyclists that are bumping 70 that are still
0: killing it like you.
2: Well, you know? I don't know that I'm killing it, but I'm still doing it. How long, yeah. how, how, how long have
0: you been measuring your heart rate? How long have you been keeping an eye on it? Starting at what age?
2: Uh, well, okay. So in terms of cycling, I mm-hmm. probably got a cycling computer that measured my heart rate. Not my first. Let's say 14, 15. Years ago? No. 2014, 2014 2015 okay. something like so that. so in over 60. 60 yeah but here's a funny story when i was a kid mm-hmm. or when i was a child i was what they called a husky child i was mm-hmm. fat yeah you know and my mom took me to the pediatrician even though i think i was in junior high or something and we kept going to the pediatrician and you know he takes my vitals and he looks at me and goes are you an athlete Which was the most preposterous question that anyone could have asked, Chubby Little Me?
1: It was almost tongue in cheek.
2: Yeah, of course it was. He was mocking me. Oh! In fact, if he were still alive, I would sue him. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) But obviously, my heart rate was low even back then as a child. Yeah, I get that's what I gathered anyway. So you
1: have a a, what they call a runner's heart? I don't know. Do you ever have fainting
2: episodes? Oh, God, no. No? No. I do have tachycardia episodes. I did tell you that. So
1: I, I don't know what that is because I have... Oh,
2: just elevated heart rate.
1: I have bra- bra- bradycardia or something like that. Brachycardia. It's like the, the lower portion of my heart has a, a weak electrical signal. That's oh. What, that's what they told me. Oh, okay. But I used to have a really low... That's what I was telling you. I used yeah. to have a really low resting heart rate. And if I was... I had a couple of episodes where... If I was laying down in a like near sleep state and I jumped up real quick, I would my, my whole body would just hit Control Alt Delete and I would just pass out.
2: So on the Tel of the North Texas, mm-hmm. as measured by Garmin. Mm-hmm. So pff, whatever, yeah, uh, ninety ninety seven beat per minute average, average average. Yeah, over your, over your, a sixteen hours. What was your max? Oh, uh, you no, know, it does go up. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that it never gets high. What was the high? Hundred and ten. Hundred and ten. Yeah, get to hundred and ten. For
1: those just listening, you should see Rich interface with his phone.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: It's just cute. It's okay. adorable.
2: Okay. It's a compliment. <laughs> You're mocking me.
1: No, no. Are you husky? Wait, are you an athlete? <laughs> no, I'm not mocking uh, you at all.
0: A while back when I was get trying to get back in form and every time I start getting back in form I dropped the ball and start, have to start over again. But a while back, I, I was getting back in form and riding pretty regular. But I was also making a point to work on long-term endurance and not and work on my nutrition schedule and the timing and everything. Like, and Rich and I were doing a good bit of riding together. And like I was trying to do my, like my first endurance ride in forever. It's like, all right, I'm going to make a point to not go above 120 beats per minute. And obviously, Rich is hanging out with me. And obviously, I'm holding him up. And, uh, and he's like,
2: can't you go any faster? It's like, well, I did not say that. I would never would have said that. <laughs> he said that.
1: <laughs> I totally believe it. It sounds exactly like something Rich would say. <laughs>
2: it's
0: like, look, I'm just trying to maintain my heart rate. He's like, what 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 heart rate are you trying to maintain? I said, 120. And he just got this incredulous look on his face. I'm like, well, what's your heart rate right now? 80. <laughs>
2: yeah, be about right. Yeah. But it works.
1: So do you... Do you not realize how much of an anomaly that is?
2: No, I don't really think so about it. So you don't
1: that. talk about heart rate with anybody they, else? You
2: know, there are so many dimensions in which I'm anomalous. Yeah. That And my life has a list. <laughs> that,
0: that, 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 that can, can be actually for. make a volume of <laughs> itself, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm astounded by it, but I'm also astounded by the fact that you don't realize how... how how much of an outlier you are in Well, realm. no, I know
2: that it's not normal because no. I hear other people talk about it, but it's no. like, well, I'm not going to strive. Well, I guess I should strive to make it higher. I should work harder. So That's what I should do. No. no. And if I die on a, heart, on a heart attack on a ride, I'll say, you know, I'll tell my wife, Brad Green. <laughs>
1: no, blame it on Vic. Vic Dean <laughs> told me. No. Um, so I, I have more questions. This brings bring about a, way more questions.
2: Bring it, I'm an open book.